Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cotton Yarns, the podcast for Australian cotton growers where we'll pick the brains of the best and brightest of our industry to help you get the most out of your crop. G'day everyone, welcome back to Cotton Yarns. Today I'm talking to Stu Brotherton and Nick Morowitz from Central Queensland about growing on cotton. Now growing on cotton is a new unconventional way of growing cotton that's achieved some fantastic results in the past couple of seasons. I'm sure you've all heard about the 21 bales to the hectare crop that came out of Central Queensland. Well, this crop was grown using the grown on method. Let's hear from Stu and Nick now. G'day, Nick and Stu. Welcome to the Cotton Yarns podcast, fellas. Today we're going to have a bit about a, um, a relatively new approach to, to growing cotton that's mostly done up around central Queensland where you guys are. To kick off, Nick, do you just want to introduce yourself, mate, who you are and, and what your enterprise involves up there? Yeah, g'day, Angus. Nick Morowitz. I'm a, a, a second-generation um, farmer here in, in central Queensland. We have a couple of farms on the junction of the, the Comet and Nagoa Mackenzie River uh, system about 40 kilometres east of Emerald. And yeah, we grow irrigated crops, predominantly cotton, and also dry land, wheat and sorghum, um, chickpeas, that sort of thing. No, very good. Stu, mate, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are, mate, what your role is up there with CSD and how you came into the cotton industry, mate? Yeah, g'day, Gus. Mate, I'm the uh, E&D agronomist for Central Queensland. So, you know, looking after uh, the Emerald District, Claremont District and, and heading down towards the Dawson Callide and I'll sort of do a bit more work further north up into the Burdekin. Mate, I started with CSD, yeah, be going on three three years now. I was a cotton consultant for a for a, uh, a business here in town for ten years before that, and yeah, have sort of you know got further involved in the in the research and development sort of stuff with CSD. Yep. Now, very good, mate. And growing on cotton, do you just want to give us a, a bit of a brief overview of of what it is and what it involves, Stu? Yeah, I can, Gus. Look, it's a I suppose a term that's that's come about over the last couple of years, um, the grown on. At the beginning of the season, growers themselves, you know, they they go in with a with a traditional way of growing cotton. You know, start, starting in in August, planting through, and and I suppose the the plant gets to uh, Christmas time, and and you know, naturally cuts out, and that's when the the decision comes from the the farmer and their consultant on how many bowls and you know, at what stage that crop is is uh, potentially yield-wise. And if it's not, um, you know, up to the grower's, um, you know, expectations, from cutout, the grower just reloads it with, with water and maybe a bit of nutrition and um, and gets it going again from cutout and then grows it through till, you know, February, March, April for the second stage of the, of the crop. Yep, yep. So in a nutshell, it's basically a, a cotton crop with two lives, I guess. Pretty simple way to put it. That would be exactly the way, best way to, to yep, to analyse that crop, mate. You know, first stage, cut out, and then second stage. Yep. Yep. No, very good. And Nick, you've been growing the grain-on cotton approach for a while now, mate, and I know you've had some, some pretty successful results. So what made you decide to, to give grain-on cotton a crack and how does it sort of differ from the conventional way that cotton's grown across most of the growing valleys? Yeah, Gus, look, I guess, you know, from from my perspective, you know, growing growing on has, I, I guess it's been a tool in the toolbox for a number of years. Yep. Some some years back, it was more, I guess it was more traditionally a, a rescue mechanism. So if you're 
if your primary crop was severely impacted with weather, you know, to, to where there was a, a lot of yield loss and potential looked very poor, or uh, we've had circumstances where we've we've had very severe hormone damage, where it's basically aborted a lot of the, the earlier crop. And, you know, we found there that, that by growing the crop for, for a longer period of time and, and basically getting that crop to refire and and start again, that, that we could rescue the <clears throat> the predicament, I guess, and, and still come up with a yield that was quite favourable and, and an economic outcome. I guess as, as things have evolved and we've been um, probably pushed to try things a little bit more because of limited water allocation and, and that sort of situation, it's, yep. it's put us in a but put us in a space where where we started to think about growing on a crop not so much as a rescue strategy but more as a management tool if if the water became available late in the season then then go ahead and and refire this crop and push it out to a higher potential and we have done that now for a couple of seasons with great success and and so you know it's an evolving space where i guess we're starting to become more confident in the sustainability of doing this from one year to the next. Yeah, that's really interesting, mate. I, I didn't realise it, it sort of came about as a as a bit of a rescue rescue option for cotton. Yeah, that's really interesting. And and Stu, mate, growing on cotton's sort of something that can't be done everywhere. It you know, emerald's pretty unique in, in terms of its growing climate. So what makes growing on cotton so so suited to the emerald area? I think we and. Um... Gus, it's probably all over CQ. You know, the, the Dawson Calide Valley have, have done this with, with great success too. Yep. Um, I think it's a, the, the length of season we have. You know, obviously we have extreme heats, you know, that, uh, that cause a fair bit of damage over that November, December period, you know, with, with cavitation and shedding and so forth. But I think it's our, you know, our, we've got a longer end of, um, of summer on the back end of the season where we can push this. And look, it does cool down, but I think our, our heat units, our temperatures still favour cotton growing in those, in those, you know, the February, March, April periods where anything south of, you know, going down south into the cotton growing areas down there, you know, it, it just doesn't happen there. So it certainly yeah. is a unique, a unique growing strategy for CQ. No, very good. And Nick, what have you what have you had to do differently, I guess, from from your conventional you know approach to growing cottons in terms of say irrigation and and input requirements? Do you run any, into any more issues with disease or insects or anything like that? Gus, look, generally, I, I guess our experience has been that the, the longer crop or the grow on crop really you know comes about. I guess fairly easily on on the back of the management that you put into the the first plant. In terms of nutrient applied or water applied, we're really not doing hardly any more than what we traditionally used to do to set up that first crop. In in terms of water, certainly it, it takes another couple of irrigations to you know push these crops through. Uh, but oftentimes the initiation of our grow on crop is is pushed along by the the rainfall events that we'll have in January and February. That, yep. That's often the starting point for the grow on. Now in this year, just just past, we actually did not get any of that uh, normal heavier summer rain in that period. So the crop was initiated with, with an irrigation. And um, then, you know, we had some, some later falls that were a little bit beneficial. You know, in terms of nitrogen, um, 
on, on some fields, uh, we have water run some, some nitrogen, you know, late in the season to, to give that grow on crop a little bit more help. But I, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot to be learned, I think, through research on these grow on crops that because, because these crops are sort of fully expanded and fully exploring the soil profile, they seem to be extremely efficient in the way that they put on that extra growth at the top of the plant. It all, it all happens relatively quickly once it's initiated. The bowl set is fast and there seems to be a lot of, you know, movement of nutrient from within the, the first plant to help drive the development of the second plant. So in, in overall water and, and nutrient efficiency, they, they seem to rate very high. The, the yields achieved for the inputs are nearly off the chart compared to a traditional grown plant. Yep. So, so would you say once you've got the the crop to cut out as as you would in a conventional growing scenario, would you say you've you've already done sort of seventy five percent of the work, eighty percent of the work, getting to that stage? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's correct, I reckon. And in the climate that we currently have here, there's there's sort of two two sweet spots for a cotton plant to set up and develop. And and there's one sweet sweet spot in spring, and then there's another sweet spot late summer or almost you know in, in the autumn period through the the peak of summer you know if you're trying to set up a plant through the extreme heat of december and january that that's often a, a very difficult time to get a cotton plant to hold on to fruit in our climate so with these grow on crops it's you know we're really trying to get some of the yield on early and then nearly kind of riding through the the midsummer period and then kick it into gear sort of mid-February or or thereabouts and and let it push out into those ideal growing conditions on the other side. I suppose if I could just add too, Gus, we've, the, the, the work we've done over the last couple of years is, you know, it, it, there's certainly a, a bit of a breakdown on where the yields are coming from. And, you know, 65% of the, of the cotton yield is coming from the first stage of the plant and then it's topped up by 35% on the, on the second part of the grown on purely because, you know, that first part, we, we're really getting big size bowls where they, they're maturing really well in, in really good conditions. And then I suppose that the plant goes into that sort of limbo phase where it's not under heavy stress over that December, January, February period. And we can put the second crop on top of the 35%. And it seems to hold everything it puts on the second part. It holds out really well, mate. So so as Nick was saying, the, the, the stress on the plant throughout the growing season is is a lot less, I think, than, than the traditional grown plant. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, mate. You're not trying to sort of mature a lot of bales within within a shorter amount of time as if you would trying to get, say, like a, a 15 bale or a 16 bale yield down in these other growing valleys. For sure, and I don't know, Nick, you, you know, maybe we are a little bit capped with, with our potential yield on a, on a traditional grown plant, you think, me? You know, like if we can get 30 and 40 bales, that, that's probably the top end of our yield on a traditionally grown plant. I don't know if you yeah. comment on that, Nick. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, it seems, you know, the constraint that we kind of seem to run into is, I guess, the extremes of our, you know, summer temperatures. I mean, we, we have the heat, which I know is common to some of the other areas, but then it can also be coupled with high humidity. And the, the combination of heat and humidity seems to be really, you know, detrimental as far as establishing and holding new fruit on a cotton plant. So, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for, for us to, 
you know, lose the top end potential out of our first generation plant, if you'd call it that. Yep. So, so we might have thought we had 15 bales set, but by the time it cavitates fruit through extreme heat events and or or rain events or something like that, then it'll, you know, it'll typically pull it back to, you know, probably 12 or 13 bales. Now that's really interesting. And Nick, I know there's been a lot of publicity about the season just gone past, mate, and some of the cotton you've produced this season, mate, it's been, you know, some of the results are pretty mind-blowing. Well, from my opinion, mate, do you just want to tell us, just give us a brief overview of, of how the previous season went and what you think contributed to those some of those really, really good yields? Yeah. Well, Gus, listen, yeah, we, we've been, you know, super fortunate to see some amazing yields come off some of our country this year and you know I, I guess you know just to to give a bit of background on on this season so those highest yielding fields were were planted into chickpea fallow from the previous season so so that country had had quite a rest and I guess that was sort of initiated just just because of low water allocation and yeah and you know it, it skipped a season because we didn't have the water to put on it so so it was country that that had had quite a, a good rest um, a lot of mineralized nutrient there mineralized nitrogen we still applied our standard rates of, of nutrition to that country and the seedbed quality you know was was really good really fine tilts to the soil we we had great establishment and you know I guess it just got off to a to a really good start as the season developed we had a really good rainfall event in November, which which ran the rivers for us, and we were able to harvest quite a lot of water um, straight onto the farm and uh, store it, which then gave us the I guess gave us the option to be able to grow on some of this earlier planted crop. So you know we we made a the decision I guess that, that we would push this on and see how hard we could go, and and yeah, just just came up with a a really great great result at the end of it. We just blown away with how how well it did. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, mate. It's and it's a credit to you to be able to, you know, it, it's it's a good example of doing everything right at the start. Like you said, you had really good soil preparation and and how it all leads to a really good yield in the end. Stu, do you want to tell us a little bit about, mate? I know you're looking at doing some work in the coming seasons under the um, Richard Williams Commercial Research Initiative on grain on cotton and and extending a bit more, looking at it a bit more, and then extending that information into the industry. Do you just quickly want to tell us a little bit about what you're looking at doing yeah so it's um it's sort of very timely that um you know we, we've been given this opportunity by the Richard Williams initiative so obviously being given funding to delve further into I suppose the aspects engineering and the um, you know the management of these of these grown on crops so what we've done is we've we've got 10 growers five in the emerald valley and and five in the dawson Callide valley that will be going under under this sort of research program what we're going to be doing is we you know we're going in and, and doing um uh, soil tests in in three different locations within the field and gps with gps points to to get some a, a starting a base i suppose with our with our nutrition and then going back to to the same spot after after picking and and grabbing a, a soil sample you know straight after picking to to try and establish with these longer season you know crops because they're going to be in the ground for you know 200 to 220 days We've got a big root structure. Where you know, where are we mining? Are we mining these nutrients, or you know, from at depth? 
or you know so so this is what we're trying to ascertain is with these bigger yields where we, where we're heading with our with our nutrition i suppose and then at the same time adding you know goanna moisture probes into these paddocks and and getting a gauge with the big root structure we've got as nick commented before that we've certainly have seen an efficiency with nutrition and and moisture so just trying to gauge where and, and and how much moisture we are extracting and when we are extracting it with with these big with these big root structures. So so mate, that's a has already started. We've already started collecting soil samples. Planting will start in um, August, and obviously the the moisture probes will go in. And normal normal field assessments will happen, gathering information, working with the growers and their consultants and agronomists on on where we're heading with all this. I think we only touch in the iceberg on what we're doing with our um, soil sampling and probes. It's probably going to, as we get further into this research, I think it's going to develop into something more, Gus, to try and get our heads around on the, the incredible yields we're getting. And, you know, obviously it's very sustainable, but get a whole whole feel on if this can happen through, you know, every season from here on in. Yeah. Now, it's really exciting to hear, you know, where it's all going and, and you know, now there's funding through the Richard Williams Initiative and you'll be able to get that out to the rest of the industry. And it'll be interesting to see if cotton production down down in these southern valleys and other valleys can take anything from some of this work you're doing with grain on cotton, mate. That'll be really interesting. We might wrap it up there, fellas. That was a fantastic chat. Thanks very much for your time. Good luck for the coming season and, and the rest of the research. Hope it all goes well for you. Thanks, Gus. Thanks, Gus. Catch you later. A big thanks to Stu and Neek for joining me today and giving their insights into growing on cotton. It's really exciting to hear this new method of, of growing cotton come about so recently and some of the results it's achieved. It's going to be interesting to see some of the outcomes of the Richard Williams Initiative currently being undertaken up in central Queensland. If you've got any questions about growing on cotton, be sure to contact Stu Brotherton, the local extension and development agronomist, for Central Queensland in the Burdekin. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I'll catch you next time.